iHeart Spencer Golf. Coming up, some tough questions for the Deputy Premier about Corn's undrinkable tap water and the police are after you to join them, especially if you're in the country. Hi, I'm Sam Talbot, filling in for Jackie Lim with iHeart Spencer Golf, your weekly local news wrap for the Spencer Golf and Surrounds. First up, repairs to the Port Lincoln jetty look to be in limbo there for a while, but just in time for summer, work is finished and it's looking brand new. I sent out our Port Lincoln reporter, Alison Hall, into the field and down the jetty to have a look. I am walking onto the jetty now. I can already see tons of footprints on the dark timber, which is great. Lots of sandy shoe prints. Lots of people are obviously coming out, enjoying the new structure. So good. I'm happy with this. I'm very happy with this. It definitely still has a lot of character as well. So new structure, old character, which is fantastic. Good to have Ali's personal tick of approval, but how did it all come to be? Alison spoke to Mayor Diana Mislov about the work and how Diana is feeling now that the jetty's reopened. What a fantastic outcome. I'm really uh, excited for community to have the jetty back open. And uh, I just came from there, actually. I'm a bit windswept, but um, it's super exciting to see people already walking there, uh, potentially fishing there uh, in the evenings and um, just generally using the facility. So it looks fantastic. I hope everyone gets down there and has a look. Um, we've still got a few things to do. There's um, uh, some seating that's coming or, you know, to be organised um, and just a few touch-ups like that, little um, little improvements to be made. But uh, for the most part, the jetty's accessible to every, everyone and we hope everyone has a good time enjoying it. I did some people watching this weekend and I just watched the jetty and I saw everyone going for strolls. I saw people swimming in the little enclosure. Um, Where did that extra funding end up coming from to finish the end? Okay, so um, you might recall that we had a bush summit here in Port Lincoln in August. And um, at that time, Minister Kutsantonis and uh, his CEO, John Whelan, uh, from the Department of Infrastructure and Transport were here in Port Lincoln. So our former CEO, Matthew Morgan, and I um, and some of the project team walked with Maritime Constructions and showed them that facility. Department of Infrastructure and Transport also released some funding for jetty infrastructure. It was $20 million over a number of years um, for joint projects between local government and state government. So we applied um, and asked uh, at that time. We said, please, can we um, have some money just to finish off the end? 50-50 funding between council and state government. And they were very receptive. So um, we followed that up at the Roads and Works Conference and uh, managed to secure an additional $380,000 from them to, um, to complete the project. So it was a great outcome for community. And I just want to thank uh, the state government for their uh, contribution to to have the jetty restored to what it originally um, was pre-refurbishment um, is just an outstanding result for everybody. And that's really wonderful. I went through um, some comments on Facebook and the whole community seems so, so chuffed that it's back. Oh, I think so too. You know, I've looked at those comments and, and people have tagged me in various things and I just think it's just an outstanding facility. One thing else that's happening in that jetty space, Ali, is that uh, we have some of the timber that's been preserved for sale or projects around community. So I'd just like to alert um, the community to that process that's happening. Some people have already expressed interest, but there'll be a formal process now where um, council will grade the timber for various 
various usage and for various um, prices, if you like. Um, so there'll be a formal process launched at some point where um, community groups can register interest and individuals or, or businesses um any organisation can register their interest in procuring some of that timber, um, either for community art installations or for private use. So I encourage everybody to watch out for that in the future and if they're interested in keeping a piece of history from our old jetty, that's the way to do it. Around 170 experts from nine countries recently made their way to the EP to share their knowledge at the White Sharks Global Conference. Professor Charlie Huveniers from Flinders Uni says shark bite mitigation was part of the conversation. There has been an increase in the number of shark bites globally, uh, but also in Australia. And if you look at what's been done um, in Australia and in some of the other states, for example, in New South Wales, Queensland or Western Australia, there's been a lot of focus for the non-lethal type of measures to complement some of the already existing uh, lethal measures. He says our knowledge of sharks and shark bite mitigation has come a long way over the recent years. For example, in tracking technologies, but also in genetics and genomics analysis that can be undertaken to learn more about white sharks. And it can be anything from um, better understanding the movements of the shark, but not just where they're going. We're now going a bit further than that and trying to understand why they're going to this location and, and the drivers of movements and migrations. Drone programs, smart drum lines and tagging technology are some of the other advancements in shark bite mitigation measures. Of course, SA has had a shocking year for shark attacks and even though this conference wasn't focused just on that, it's hoped that the more we know about sharks in general, the safer we can make the waters for everyone. Ever thought about joining the police? SAPOL are looking to recruit more people from the country by hosting the first ever regional assessment centre at Wyala next week. Our journo Alex has more. From the 6th to the 8th of December, SAPOL will be bringing information and testing to regional applicants interested in becoming police officers. SAPOL's Executive Director of People, Culture and Wellbeing, Kim Sherry Summers, says it's a new way to make things easier for country applicants. It's our first ever um, assessment centre. So, well, firstly, we just need people to register their interest. Um, so on the Wednesday, the 6th of December, they can come along and have a listen at the Wyler Secondary College Auditorium. Um, and that's really where they get a, a chance to ask lots of questions around what it is uh, to be a police officer, the application process, pretty much anything that they want to know. And we have our police officers there that look after this space. Um, if they are really keen to participate, and we hope that they are, they just need to, as I said, register their interest and we will then seek to take them through the process. So on the 7th of December, they'll go through our TAFE testing or our SAPOL recruitment testing. They'll do our SAFE select, which is our IQ and personality profiling, which we do for all of our um, candidates. And then on Friday, they'll continue through doing interviews and fitness testing. So they'll pretty much do the whole lot um, in one place. The Wyala Regional Assessment Centre is there for both those keen to apply and those just wanting more information during that Wednesday session. Jump online to achievemore.com.au now. Um, we really probably need to have them sort of in our system by the, by the end of the week. But if, you, if you've been thinking about it for a while, you've got nothing to lose. This is the time. Um, it saves you some trips to the city. We're bringing it to the country. And if we make this work, then we definitely want to make it part of our routine every year. Alex Newman reporting there. (laughs) 
A few weeks ago, we started talking about just how bad the water in Corn is. So bad that an SA water survey revealed 97% of people living in Corn don't drink the town's tap water. And SA Water themselves gave the water a 0% compliance rating for chloride, sodium, and hardness. So, what are we doing about it? Well, we spoke to SA's Deputy Premier and the Minister for Water, Susan Close. While I understand that the Corn water taste is not great and that people are very concerned about that, it does meet the Australian drinking water quality standards. The Minister said the decision to improve Corn's water was rejected by SA Water's governing body, ESCOSA, the Essential Services Commission of SA. I understand that that's really hard to hear and uh, that's why SA Water has kept Corn on its priority list for the aesthetic. My hope is that they will be able to assign some priority to the aesthetic program and obviously corn being such a priority there would be one that would get there. We're at the moment, for example, building a desalination plant in Port Lincoln because the Air Peninsula is going to run out of water in the next few years. It's at very high risk. So we've got some very big programs that are taking up some of that space. But my hope is that in, in due course we will be able to get to smaller towns like Quorn, um, but it, it is a case of patience and I appreciate I'm saying that sitting in Adelaide and that for Quorn residents, that, that's not a lot of comfort. When we pushed her for an actual timeline for when the water would be fixed, she said this. I think while there's so many other pressures on, that's, that's not going to be possible, uh, but my hope is that in, in, due time, in time we will be able to change that. But what that requires is having fewer uh, projects like, for example, having to deal with with, uh, Port Lincoln's water security crisis. So fewer of those challenges. And then also perhaps as the cost of living uh, moves through, we we hope that inflation comes down and people aren't feeling so much strain that we will be able to justify it in a future regulatory determination, but not at this stage. That's Susan Close, Deputy Premier of SA and Minister for Water. And no doubt having to buy bottled water isn't helping people in corn with the cost of living pressures. Tonight, the Port Lincoln women's footy season kicks off. The 10-round competition has six teams, and some of them have been so popular they've actually had to turn players away. Kelsey Ridley is the Wayback's women's football director. She'll be starting her third season tonight and can't wait for games to get underway. We spoke to her earlier this week during the Wayback's Guernsey presentation, and she told us how she got involved. I honestly never even thought about playing football um, until my husband got me into it and as soon as I got out there at the first training I fell in love that this was my sport. I'm a netballer and I am very physical and so this sport just let me run with that and I haven't looked back. Players come from Cow, Cummins, Tumby Bay and all over the EP to play. Clearly there's a lot of passion for the league. It's gone from two nine-a-side teams to a fully operational league with under-16s as well in just a few seasons. I live and breathe it that I'm doing something for football probably every day at the moment, especially coming up to the season. But it's just, yeah, like I want to give girls the opportunity that I never got. That's Kelsey Ridley from way back. So you can see playing tonight at the Port Lincoln High School Oval alongside our journo, Alison Hall, who's playing her first game. She's number 11. Keep an eye out with games starting at 5.45 tonight. 
Elsewhere in women's footy, Port Vincent's very own Chelsea Bedell has been named in the 2023 AFL Women's All-Australian team. That's the second year in a row for the York Peninsula export, who plays in the back line for the Crows. And despite being a gun on the field now, Chelsea's story was actually quite different to those playing country footy at the moment. I didn't really pick up um, a footy until I was about 18 when I moved to Adelaide and started playing properly. But yeah, obviously I used to kick with my mates and stuff as a kid and and my dad taught me a lot about everything, a lot about football and he taught me to kick and stuff as well, which is pretty cool. I don't want to unnecessarily age you, but is that because there weren't leagues around before you were 18? Yeah, it's pretty much it. Like I begged my parents to do Oz kick, but they always said you have more pathways for um, netball and and basketball. So um, they sort of pushed me to sort of play them instead. We could play um, locally, but you have to stop at a certain age. So yeah, no, I never actually, yeah, there was never really opportunity, so I never really had that that chance to sort of play when I was a kid. I just want to hear your thoughts on country women's footy. It's really cool, actually. Um, I had the opportunity to go down to Crystal Brook last year and sort of um, see how the girls go about it down there. And, yeah, it's just really cool that there's all these opportunities for, you know, kids out in the country and for women out in the country to, to play footy, to see, like, these sorts of leagues being developed. And what do you think the future of women's footy looks like? Is it going to keep growing and growing? or? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think, you know, even with AFLW this year, like the standards are only getting better and better. And as you get these, you know, young girls that have been playing since they were five, um, you know, coming through, it's just only going to keep getting better. Um, so, yeah, it'd be really exciting to see, you know, where it can grow to and how big it can actually get. Last month, Josh Partington not only grew his moustache for Movember, but he also ran 100Ks last weekend. The Port Lincoln teacher's more than double marathon effort took his total distance for the month to 245Ks. That represents the 2,450 men who died by suicide in Australia last year. Josh is passionate about men's mental health and says another reason he did the run was to set a good example for his students. I spoke to him a few days ago men's mental health or just mental health in general is a cause that's pretty close to my heart. Um, Everyone goes through their ups and downs throughout life and I'm not uh, averse to that. And also teaching health and PE, something that I'm pretty passionate about and like to incorporate in my teaching. So, yeah. What did the kids say on Monday? (laughs) I I took the day off yesterday. Um, (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) So I, I got that one in early, so... They're all laughing at me today because I'm hobbling around uh, like an 80-year-old, not like a 29-year-old. So students are pretty supportive of it. I had three come out and run with me um, throughout the weekend, which was awesome. There's still time to donate to Josh. Head to his socials or the Movember website. And for the record, even though his mum hates it, he's keeping the mo. And that's your weekly news wrap across the Spencer Golf and Surrounds. Don't forget, you can hear iHeart Spencer Golf on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sam Talbot. I filled in for Jackie Lim. Join us again next week. Jackie will be back. You'll get more local, trusted and free news. iHeart Spencer Golf.